Hello and welcome to the Essential Empowerment Podcast. My name is Amelia Adrian. Together in this space, we'll listen and learn about the ability of essential oils to heal and transform our lives. This is a place for us to diffuse wisdom, to share our understandings and to grow our appreciation for the power of plant medicine with essential oils. And I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast, dear, dear friends. Today I'm talking about summer, the energy of summer, the feel of summer and essential oils that can support us in this time. It's quite appropriate actually because today I am recording to you a little later than I would usually record. It's actually quite kind of late evening here because we have just come out of or we're still in really I should say the hottest couple of days I think I can remember experiencing in London we've had in my car as I was driving today I noticed the temperature gauge was 42 degrees so I couldn't work this afternoon I simply had to do the continental thing and take a siesta so I'm here recording speaking to you in the kind of dusky light of the evening and there's clouds overhead and it feels as if there's a storm brewing we've had a few kind of very large raindrops nothing has actually materialized into that storm yet but it definitely feels like it's on the way so it's quite appropriate that i'm dropping into this fire energy this summery fire energy today the Teachings today are an expanded version of a teaching I gave, or a slightly different, I wouldn't say expanded, a slightly different version of a teaching I gave in my own essential empowerment community. So this is a community that I hold space for, where we teach and inspire ourselves and others about using essential oils and the patterns and the power of essential oils for healing, for supporting physical healing, for transformational healing, for emotional healing, spiritual support, mental support, clarity, focus, all of these things that we know that oils can bring us. And what I want to land on today and have you really like, just as you listen, have this in the back of your mind. The oils cannot do the work on their own. I'm not here to claim that the essential oils or any plant medicine or any medicine, actually, if we really root down into it, is a miraculous um, cure all. It's not it's not that the oils have an unstoppable and unfathomable power all of themselves but when combined with intention and when used very thoughtfully and with a degree of consideration with a degree of respect and when we kind of know why we've chosen the oil even if we don't know on a an intellectual or a like a thought a thought out 
level but on some other level maybe it's an intuition a heart level we are using an oil because we have a sense it's going to support us so it can be a very specific choice or a subtler choice that lives more in the realms of intuition when we work with any plant medicine like this it amplifies the power it amplifies the healing power of those tools that we're using and what I've learned and what I've experienced is things can speed up. Healing can speed up and your transformation can speed up. So when I talk today, maybe you just have this in the little kind of back of your mind as you listen in. My teachings today are very much inspired by Tiffany Carroll, my teacher within realms of some energetics and within the realms of essential oils. But I do want to add that I'm not just teaching what I have. I'm not kind of just regurgitating what I've heard from her. I have lived this practice and these practices of working with essential oils in alignment with intention for quite a few years now. And I have embodied the results of it. So my teachings are very much inspired by Tiffany, but also infused with my own embodied experience. So summer 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 we are dropping into this peak of summer and if we look at it through the lens of chinese five element medicine which is one of the roadmaps that i use as a guide as a system for helping me understand myself and my place in the world the element of summer is fire and it's really quite apt that i'm talking today on what has been one of the most fiery days i can i can remember in my history Fire medicine is associated with connection, with warmth, with joy, with laughter, with presence. You know, we can think of it in our modern day terms as sitting around, um, having a barbecue with friends, connection. We spend more time being outside, maybe being in the warmth of the sun, maybe more time being in the warmth and companionship of other people, other humans, other friends. And from that can spring joy, can spring laughter. But we're also really drilling down into this quality of presence with the element of fire, this quality of being rather than doing. We have the doing of spring where all of the action has happened, the sprouts have risen, the shoots have risen up, and we're now leaning back slightly into the full bloom of summer where the plants are really at their peak. We can see this in the plants such as the rose where we see the full bloom of the rose. It's it's full, fullest expression that gorgeous gorgeous flower that can be so inspiring now in Chinese five element medicine the system each season has what we call officials governing officials and the officials of summer are the heart and the small intestine so I'll talk a little bit about those through the understanding of emotional and energetics more than physical and I'll talk about essential oils to support but if you want to get your essential oils ready and prepped as I'm talking about them the oils I'm going to talk about in relation to those organs and to the emotional qualities of those organs is jasmine essential oil 
rose essential oil, of course, what else? And Palmarosa essential oil. So those are the three oils that we're going to land on with those three officials, the heart, with those two officials, excuse me, the heart and the small intestine. So one of the main themes of summer, I would suggest, is joy, a quality of joy. We feel it when we relax with friends, when we maybe have a holiday, when we lean back. It's more of a kind of time where there is less busyness, less hurry and, and rushing around and doing, and more a quality of um, drawing in fun. That's the positive side of summer. What I've also seen and noticed in myself and in others is that summer can also be a time of pressure, like a time of compression, especially if you have family and if you find yourself spending more time than you would normally with family because of holidays. What I've also noticed in myself and in others is our practices can get sidelined in summer. So our practices of presence, our practices of stillness, our practices of connection with ourselves, our self-care practices in a broader sense can be somewhat sidelined as the schedules get looser and things can kind of drop off our normal routine our normal rhythm can can change and the things that we use to keep ourselves centered and sane can kind of drop off you know maybe if you have a regular yoga practice that can sometimes drop off because you're tending to your kids for example or you're in a new destination you're on holiday and your normal practice of seated meditation for example in the morning there just isn't it's just not there there just isn't the usual triggers there somehow there isn't quite time for it and so while we can have the joys of of being with family, of being with friends, of being on holiday, of relaxing, the joy can sometimes become compressed into a place where we feel more tension and more stress. And from that place, because we've lost our practices, and so then from that place, we feel less joy. So just notice if that's something that is resonating with you. And if it is, and you know that you need to meditate, every day i need to meditate every day to to even begin <laughs> to be sane in this world i need space and time daily where i sit very quietly whatever your practice of meditation whether it's a formal practice or an informal practice doesn't matter whatever it is and it, and it it may be a completely different practice to to what we label meditation but just knowing what are the practices that you need and committing to them, committing to them with a ferocity of fierce protection, like this is what I need. There is a clear boundary around this activity that I need to keep myself steady and sane and centered and present for everybody else and myself. Therefore, I am committing, promising to practicing it to keeping a boundary around it so that it doesn't get sidelined. Joy, this quality of joy that we associate with summer is an interesting one. And I've been exploring this personally for myself and I'm also curious to see how it resonates with you, whether you have an experience of joy on the regular, you know, on the daily, or whether it feels like an alien concept to you. Joy is a feeling of, I would say, a feeling of connection. 
is one of the one of the main ways that I would describe joy. It's a feeling of connection, a feeling of grace, a feeling of once again presence comes to mind when I think of joy. Now, some of the maybe. Um, let's call it the Instagram images of joy are somebody jumping up and down or wild abandon in a party dancing or roaring with laughter. And while of course those are all expressions of joy, it could also be a quiet joy. It could also be a quiet giggle. That also is joy. It could be a moment of clear stillness that could also give rise and give birth to joy so there's different flavors there's different kinds of joy and i'd invite you to explore the different flavors and the different qualities of joy and start to really become interested in joy start to really become interested in joy as a quality as an experience as a process even that you want more of. I mean, I just don't know anyone who, when they really connect to their heart, doesn't want more joy in their life. I think all of us are seeking that. I know I am, I know I am. I have some journaling questions for you that if you're not in a place where you can write things down, you can just muse over it as I'm talking and you can let these sit with you over the next couple of hours, maybe the next couple of days, even the next couple of weeks. These are questions that I'm working with at the moment, so they're very fresh and very alive for me. The first one is, do you deny yourself joy? Do you deny yourself joy? The second one is, do you allow yourself only so much joy? So you, you're allowed this much, but no more because that would be way too much, maybe a little too crazy, maybe a little too out there, maybe a little too, hmm, who, who is that person who's having all of that joy? Do you freeze out joy? Do you freeze out joy? Do you prevent it? Do you actually put a barrier, a boundary up to it? Because in some way it feels unknown, alien, strange to you. Another question, I'm curious if for some of you joy is even an alien concept. Is it something that is not familiar to you? Is it something that you sense is for other people? And if that is, then be really sweet with yourself. Be really tender with yourself if, if the suggestion of cultivating joy is prompting for you in any way be really really sweet with yourself really gentle and compassionate with yourself give yourself a ton of empathy around that sense and ask yourself what can you do to start to familiarize yourself with joy it could be that you make a joy list. You make a list of five to 10 things that bring you joy. And again, remember, it doesn't have to be going to a party, going to a nightclub, getting drunk. Um, these are some of the things that we kind of, you know, we're conditioned to think, oh, this is what brings joy. It doesn't have to be those things. It can be the sweetest moment with yourself, sitting out in your garden, in the park, watching the trees, watching the wind as it moves through the leaves on the trees. It could be a connection with another 
divine human friend that you have simply quietly listening and being with that with that sweet soul it could be observing a bumblebee observing a butterfly these small moments where we bring everything down to a smaller level are to be really treasured and these are moments of gentle joy just as important as those big kind of roaring out expansive laughter moments that you might share with friends or family so what would it be like if you began to prioritize joy what would happen to your life what would happen to your experience if you began to let's say first of all schedule in some joy like choose from that list that you've made a couple of things and maybe you do do them regularly but maybe you don't and actually put them in your diary put them in your calendar as if they're an appointment with yourself an appointment with joy you can even label it as such in your calendar and uh, this is amelia's appointment with joy or however you want to phrase it and see what happens see what happens and see how that feels and see what it looks like to prioritize your own joy and to put that first and my guess is I've done this not with joy, this is part of my process right now, but I've done this with other things where I've prioritized things that I wanted to bring into my life. And then what happens over a period of time, and I'm sure it will be the same with this, is after a while, you don't need to schedule them in anymore because they're so integrated into your life and into your way of being that they are, you, you couldn't ever imagine being without them. And then what we do know is there is an amplification process. So joy amplifies joy. We know this, that the more attention and focus that we give to something, it creates a process of amplification. So I'm curious how that will go for you. Um, do let me know. I'm really excited to have any sharings that you feel able to um, bring back to me and I will keep you in the loop uh, over the summer how my joy list goes and how my expansion and prioritizing of joy goes maybe we can have a little check-in in September around how that's gone good okay let's look at the qualities of summer we have the qualities of summer as they are reflected through the Chinese five element system of medicine, specifically how the system looks at summer through the fire element and through the officials. The officials are the governing um, organs of that season. So as I mentioned, we have the heart and we have the small intestine within the system associated with summer so the heart an organ of course of its of its own there are also two other aspects within the system that we associate with the heart so we have the pericardium and we have the triple warmer good so the heart itself is the central organ and the heart's job is simply on a, an emotional and energetic level obviously not on a physical level but the heart's job is simply to give and receive love to give and receive divine love it's a very pure clean and simple act, uh, process and then we have the pericardium which is kind of like the sack around the heart both literal and an energetic sac around the heart and this is almost like the protector of the heart like the closest kind of protector of the heart that protects it from the 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 knocks the the bumps 
of daily life, uh, both physical and energetic. And then around the pericardium, we have the triple warmer, also known as the triple heater sometimes. And the triple heater is not an actual physical um, body within the within within us, but it is um, it is there and recognized and its function is some say is to act as a regulator. Also, some say it's associated with the um, the facial system, the facial system and some with the thyroid. So regulation of temperature and control. If we look at uh, an understanding of the pericardium, the heart, the pericardium and the triple warmer, I can give you a little bit of a metaphor or an analogy if you like. So we have the heart at the centre and we can imagine if the heart is kind of us sitting in a room and then the pericardium would be alerted, if you like, if somebody walked into that room, so if the door of that room opened, that would be the pericardium would start to alert. And then the triple warmer, that would start to be alerted one stage out. So it would be if we were sitting in a room, somebody comes in, first of all, through the garden gate, so they start to open the garden gate and start to walk up the garden path, then that would be triple warmer would start to be alerted. So we have these kind of different layers of protection around the heart. Some analogies use the Great Wall of China as the triple warmer <laughs> and the pericardium would be like the moat around an ancient city. Mm -hmm. So this, of course, would be different within different cultures. That's just a, a reference through the Chinese model. So the pericardium, I'm going to land here for this part of our discussion which is around trust and betrayal and abandonment the pericardium is the protector the the protector of the heart think of it like almost like the bodyguard of the heart and the bodyguard of the heart takes lots of knocks and lots of bumps and lots of wounds and in itself needs support and needs healing it is the the way that we, the, not the way, but I would say like the space into how we can start to trust ourselves and how we can start to trust others. So you can think about this in relationship to yourself, your own relationship with yourself. How do you trust yourself? And some of the ways into this, because that can feel quite abstract, I think that question can be like, well, I don't really know how I trust myself. Like, I, I think I trust myself, but it's quite a big question. It's quite a deep profound question. One of the doorways I find helpful into this question is how do I talk to myself? What's the language that I use? What's the tone that I use? The phrasing that I use? The feelings that I use to talk to myself? And sometimes they're really nice and really sweet and I'm like, yes, you're really being very tender and kind and sweet to yourself and sometimes not sometimes very harsh uh, very critical and very judgmental in the way that I talk to myself so it's about having an observance around that we don't need to judge our judgment or judge our um, lack of um, sweetness to ourselves. it's just we, we, we expand an awareness around that we start to notice when we're off with ourselves, when we're rude to ourselves, when we're weird with ourselves, and start to just notice that as a practice because once we have the awareness once we have the notice 
the noticing that gives us space to be able to drop back into more of tenderness. It's just, it's like a stepping stone. The awareness is like a stepping stone. Another helpful question that is a doorway into understanding how you trust yourself, I feel is how do we show up for ourselves? You know, we have dreams, wishes, desires, hopes. How do we show up for ourselves within those dreams, wishes and desires and hopes? Do we keep putting them off? Do we keep postponing them? Do we tell ourselves that they don't really matter? Or is it possible that we trust ourselves, that we start to build a trust with ourselves and slowly and surely prioritize those things that matter for example prioritizing joy that's a dream to, to experience and to have more joy how can you prioritize that how can you build a little stepping stone how can you show up for yourself so that joy becomes a priority that's quite an abstract uh, example so maybe you have a dream i don't know to learn french maybe that's your dream you have this calling this wish this oh, i'd love to be able to speak another language i'd love to understand french i'd love to understand the the subtleties of French, the humor of French, because it's very different to my home language. Maybe you have this, this wish. Now, how are you going to make that true? How are you going to make that real? You're going to have to either find a French teacher, something online, but it's going to have to start somewhere. You're going to have to show up in some way for learning French. And what I know is that when we start to show up for our dreams and our wishes and our hopes, and our desires, we start to build a sense of trust for ourselves. Betrayals, wounded trust is a very, very common, it's a very, very common experience for all of us. We've all been let down by people. We've all been let down by life in some form or other. We've all or feel that we've been let down by life. We've all had that experience and it can, it can amplify and it can be something that we mm, expect that we think is okay and it can become a pattern so awareness also of the the lack of trust the the betrayals that we know we've experienced in our life the wounded trust awareness of that both from and towards ourselves and to others whilst slightly painful or maybe even more than slightly painful to acknowledge and to understand and to sense into is very powerful healing aware it's a very powerful to have that awareness for your own healing so perhaps you have two or three key relationships or moments in your life where you know that you were uh, felt a sense of betrayal from another or maybe you felt a sense of betrayal from a system maybe even a social system, maybe a group, perhaps even a government, perhaps even society at large. There's all sorts of different ways that we can experience this core wound of betrayal and abandonment. Important though to acknowledge it and then to heal it in some way. At least have a desire or a wish to heal it because otherwise it's on repeat it's on repeat and we pass it on to others we pass it down through the generations and everyone starts to feel a sense of disconnection from that 
So, betrayals and wounded trust, both to self and others, can manifest in us as anxiety, feelings of anxiousness. Perhaps it can also manifest as feelings of distraction. You know, maybe think about the times when some something's really like got to you and been upset by it and then you've gone and distracted yourself with whatever it may be numbed yourself with whatever it may be all of the tools you know all of the ways the things that we have to numb ourselves, and also it can lead to disassociation so if you're feeling very betrayed from self or other it can lead further to disassociation so disassociation means that we don't have to feel it so to speak because we almost uh, leave our body leave our body and leave our state so how do we work with this simply having the awareness is crucial and the first step extreme compassion extreme empathy for ourselves. once we have that awareness and that understanding really gentle really sweet with ourselves as we move through that awareness and that process maybe taking things slower maybe doing things that feel very loving and kind to ourselves, whatever that might be and of course using our oils so the oil to support us in this of course all the oils are going to help bring connection back where there's been disconnection but one of the key oils for this is jasmine jasmine is the oil that brings connection that is the oil of love and and um I would say more trust uh, brings us back into a place of balance a place of peace she's like a light I would say in in when we have that dark night of the soul like a very trusting guide like a protector which is why she works very well with the pericardium channel she's a generator of sweetness so one of the places you can use your jasmine is on pericardium six, the a point, the acupoint or aroma point, if you like, pericardium six, which is very easy to locate. You can look it up, but I can tell you just now, it's at the center, the inner center of the wrist. So you can roll your jasmine. I've got some here. I'm just going to open it up and smell her. Mm, she's so sweet. <laughs> And you roll or apply it to the center of the wrist crease, hold the two wrist creases together and you can breathe in as you do that or you can just hold it and just hold it there for a minute or two, allow it to work its way through the system, allow it to connect to that pericardium channel, center of the wrist there and start to soften and it's almost as if the pericardium is heard it's almost a sense of the, the, the wounded state of the pericardium that has been knocked and bruised by all of this betrayal is heard. The, the oil hears the wound and we all know what it's like when you are heard. It's almost like being loved. Being listened to is, is almost like being loved. Direct quote there from Tiffany. Being listened to is almost the same as being loved. Which brings me on to the small intestine. The small intestine is the other official of summer, according to Chinese five element medicine. So the small intestine on a physical function, physical functioning level, I'll come back to the heart in a moment, but let's continue to the small intestine. The small intestine is the place where the body sorts out what it needs and what it doesn't need. And then what it does need is absorbed through and goes into nourishing the blood. And then of course the blood goes up and nourishes the heart. 
So if we think of the small intestine, it's a process of discernment, it's a process of filtering out what isn't needed and a process of drawing in what is needed. On an emotional level, small intestine dysfunction can mean that we become or we feel uh, misunderstood. On an emotional level, small intestine dysfunction can manifest as a sense that we feel misunderstood, that from that place of being misunderstood, we can't then give healthy information to our hearts. So that can be, for example, while you might while you might feel really funky after you've eaten some really crummy food or really overly processed food is because the information, the, the understanding isn't being able to uh, find its way into the blood and find its way into the heart. So the heart starts to feel a bit weird and a bit kind of off. So a really nice application point for essential oils to support small intestine is the essential oil Palmarosa. And the point is just in front of the ear. And again, you can look this up. It's called small intestine 19. And the point is known as listening palace. So Palmarosa is an oil that helps to harmonize. It's a harmonizing oil between processes of thinking and feeling. So you know when you've got into a funk of overthinking, like trying to think out a problem. Now we all need our critical function, we all need our anal analytical function at times, but we have a tendency, or um, let me speak for myself, I have a tendency to overthink stuff and to forget that there is great wisdom in feeling and in heart space. Again, this is a process that I'm dropping into more and more and learning more and more to listen to heart rather than mind. And heart, uh, Palmarosa is a harmonizer between heart and mind, so it can help take you out of that overthinking space and drop you into that feeling space. When you have a sense that you're kind of flip-flopping between two states, like maybe overly feeling or overly thinking, again, Palmarosa is great for this because it, it's like a bridge. So when we apply that oil just to the front of the ears, it's right just in, in front of the ears, just around the... Um, I don't know the, the specific description of it, but if, if it's it's not on the face, but just in front of the, the ear, again, do look it up to find it. Um, it gives us a sense of listening, so it, it amplifies our listening, but also has a sense that we're being heard. So again, that importance of being heard, of being understood, of being known. Interestingly also, um, Palmarosa has a prebiotic function. So if you're working with really good pure oils, such as oils from doTERRA, you can take it internally in a little veggie cap and it will act as a prebiotic and sometimes the oils can get to places that others um, just can't reach. So you could do this as a, as a, you know, a couple of day or even a week treatment. This isn't a diagnosis, by the way, this is just an invitation, a suggestion to take that oil diluted with some carrier oil, with some olive oil in a vegetable capsule and take it that way to support prebiotic function of the small intestine. So I hope you can start to lean into this idea of amplified healing that I mentioned at the beginning, where we have awareness, we have intention to heal, and then we use an oil on a point or on our body, or just breathe it in. You know, there's so much power in the aroma. And what happens is the communication between 
the oil, the aroma, the point and the body starts to create an amplified healing effect because the body starts to feel heard, listened to. If any of you are in any of the healing arts, you know the power of listening and also the power of listening um, through, you know, through the hands, hands on healing, things like cranial sacral therapy and um, Reiki. These are all listening healing practices, but we're just listening with a different system. We're just, we're not just listening with the ears, we're listening with the hands, we're listening with the heart. And again, when we listen to ourselves, when we listen to others, there's great, there's great power in that. Great connection, great depth, great power and great presence. So finally, I want to talk, let's loop back to the heart, the divine quality and nature of the heart. And there really is, of course, one oil that is rising above all others, rose essential oil. I have some here. I'm just going to open it and breathe it in and hope in some way the rose medicine, if you don't yet have it, is transmitted to you, or if you don't have it to hand right now, is transmitted to you through the microphone, down the wire, beaming to you, and you can somehow just lean back and feel, even dream up the rose, the aroma of the rose, the image of the rose. So rose is the oil of divine love remembering that the heart's role is simply to give and receive love and rose drops us into that space that one space of the heart beautiful place to apply is simply over the heart you can just roll it over the talking here of the energetic heart which is located at the center of the chest you can just roll it here and if it's done with intention, it's even more powerful. Sometimes we can like just apply an oil, rose or jasmine, because they smell great, right? And it's like a perfume. And that's joyful and wonderful. But when you just take a pause, a moment to combine, to times, to multiply that with an intention, magic starts to happen. When you think of the rose uh, in nature, a plant, the flower, She's very clear, isn't she? She has the beautiful uh, uh, flower. And then also she has her thorns, which give a clear boundary. So she's teaching us even in nature how, or not even, but she's teaching us in nature how also we can, um, we can work with heart. We can work with heart medicine, that we have very clear beauty and divinity also very clear boundaries around what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. What offends the heart and what brings the heart joy. Okay, I think that's what I wanted to say, what I wanted to share with you today. I hope that you are able to drop into a joyful space in your summer and I'm really curious, let's do this little experiment where we prioritize joy and let's see how it plays out over the next few weeks and let's loop back in September and notice the changes and notice the shifts. It can be fun to do this together as a community and I'm really excited and so joyful, <laughs> so joyful to be here in this space with you and sending you so much love and much joy. See you soon.